Hey, Aaron, when Justin Bieber wanted to play ASL, why did he walk into a bar? I don't know. Why? Because the cell door was closed. Hello? Hello, all you nice people. Hello! Every single one of you, hello. You say yes? Welcome to the Two Half Squads. Yes. Welcome. The Two Half Squads. This is the Two Half Squads. This is the only podcast on the net dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. And it is, I would say... The greatest game in the world. I'm just having a lot of fun with it lately. We just, I'm we, just having a lot of fun with it lately. I've been trying other stuff, and uh, it, it, those are not the greatest game in the world. I've played <laughs> some fun games, but they are not the greatest game in the world. This is, <clears throat> no question about it, kind of. And it makes me wonder why there aren't more people playing. It's that darn rule book. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. I think that's it. I think it. it is. You know, and it's weird because people will play Monopoly incorrectly. And not care. Uh, yeah. But they don't want to play ASL incorrectly. And I think you kind of have to get over that. You have to just get in and, and start playing. And when you come to something that you don't know, you just go, I don't know, let's just keep going. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, but I have really been enjoying it lately. I guess we'll be talking yeah, about that on to. this episode. So Yeah, why not? Because um, that's what we do. And what's happening with you lately, Jeff? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Not much. I mean, I've been working a lot lately. I've been doing a lot of work lately. Too much work lately. I wish somebody would just send me $10 million and I can prove to them that I that's enough to retire. Yes, that would be one way to test I, that uh, theory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm willing to be part of that test group. Nothing wrong, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Hey, it's thawing outside. Yeah, it, it got up to 51 degrees outside and uh, my wife and I took the dog out for a little walk today and and it was just kind of crazy how much we thought 51 felt like summer. Oh, yeah. Kids were outside of the school. Yeah. No coats. Yeah. Shorts. Yep. Um, well, of course, they wear shorts to school during the, you know, five below. Kids do. Yeah, because they get all get dropped off. Yeah. They figured they're just going to the warm vehicle. Tell Adam, man, when you're driving, I want you to have everything with you. Gloves. Yeah. Because when you get that flat tire. Yeah. Which we got. On one of those cold nights, you you'll be, be out. Ready. You'll be out there hoping. Oh yeah, I wish I had my scarf, my wool hat, and everything. I was over at Games Plus in Mount Prospect, our favorite game store. Ding ding. Who took uh, our flyer down? So we no longer need to. Oh, did they take it them. down? Yes. I well, forgot, they had. I a, forgot to look. They had a little, a little change up. But they had to expand a little section. Oh. So I, I looked and said, Nah, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. But I was over there the other day, and on the way home, uh, I saw a young lady. Oh, yeah. How how old do you have to be before you start from... calling a girl a young lady? <laughs> what a lovely it's... creature. Oh, I knew I was old when I called my students dear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not that, not like as in deer in the headlights, uh, but deer. No, although sometimes they look like that. Deary. Also. Yes. Yeah, I actually did. I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's old. Yeah. That's well, old. anyway, I was driving home and I saw a girl. Looks like maybe she was going to walking home from a parochial school. Looks like she had some sort of uniform on that consisted of a short skirt. And she's uh, from like the girls' college on the uh, Festung Budapest map. Remember exactly. Okay, exactly. Because everything has to relate somehow <laughs> to squad leader, doesn't it? But it was a very cold day. It was zero out, and she was mm. walking home, and her legs were bare. She looks like a lobster. Her skin was all red, and I thought, I should pull over and offer her a ride. And I thought, I think it's better if she just freeze. <laughs> For a couple reasons. One, it would yeah. teach her a lesson. Secondly, yeah. you wouldn't get arrested. Right. And I figured, you know, she's a teenager, a young teen. She's got a cell phone, and if she really gets into trouble, somebody will help her. But I just thought that was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, Laura and I were out walking our dog, and with all the potholes, dog fell right into a pothole. <laughs> Disappeared. The leash flew out of my hand. <laughs> gone. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a dog. Not anymore. That's, that's, that's where it went. And what did Laura say? 
doggone, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Well, there are a lot of pots, and they fill with water. Yeah. So you don't know how deep those things are. No, you don't. (laughs) You don't. Uh, Let that be a warning to everybody if you're when you're walking your dog. Yeah. Now you could test how the depth with the dog. Drop the dog in on a leash. Yeah, and hold, hold tight. See how long far down it goes, (laughs) and pull the dog back out. (laughs) Holy cow! Holy cow! Well, what have you been? uh, Have you been? You've been playing some ASL. Actually, you yeah, played well, Friday night. We were supposed to play. And yeah, we'll do, talk about let's that. Let's do that with the um, what you've yeah. been playing lately. Should we, we jump into st- what you've been playing lately we, first? We or? got some stuff to talk about here tonight, don't we? And uh, and last week was a good episode, I thought. Uh, well, when we <laughs> get into the some... letters, we'll talk about that. Okay, Jeffrey. all right, all right. Again, so we're get, we're just going to scoot right on to letters. Okay, letters it is. You know, after a long, hard day uh, of work, I like to yes. I like to listen to the typewriter and unwind. It's very relaxing. Don't you think? I bet a lot of people, a lot of our listeners probably, every time they hear this, they probably Relax. feel good and warm, all warm and snuggly inside. Unless they used to be secretaries. Yes. And they think of work. They probably do. Well, do you have the first letter, Jeff? No. Would you like to? Yeah, yes, I would. But I have to wait till this is over. I don't make the rules. I just follow the rules. Uh, our first one from uh, the Forgs. Is that the one, Dave? You were going to do the link on the Paradogs. Oh, the Paradogs, yes. Yes, I have Forgs. Forgs is saying, um, hey, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but here's a link to a pretty good YouTube video. It's the time-lapse map of the ETO. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's cool for ASL fans, World War II yeah. fans. Let's post a link to it. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't listening. What is it? <laughs> uh, link to a time-lapse map of the ETO. You know, you see the Germans oh, yes. spreading out yes. and then going back down. Yeah. I was wondering why you were spelling it out. ETO, ETO European Theater of like Operations. Like, like if you were afraid, maybe. I was afraid. So I'm not going to do the dog story uh, today. <clears throat> All right, then. <laughs> we're just going to... That'll help us fly right along. Yes, we'll just smush right along. We got an email from uh, David Williams from Carlsbad, California, who writes, I cannot find any proof that hundreds of German SS guards were killed by American soldiers. This is going back to a conversation that we had with Steve Deathlifson regarding Dachau and an incident that he reported there. And I think more than one, perhaps more than one listener has been been looking, trying to find some documentation to verify that, what Steve was talking about. Uh, David goes on to say, there is some mention of up to 50, and even that's not verified, but the story in general appears to be apocryphal. Apocalyptic? Apocryphal. What does that mean exactly? It means um, not verifiable. Okay. All right. I'll buy that. Um, Yes, and that's one of the reasons Jeff and I, we thought about doing a World War II history show. Yeah. I figure no way too much to be... We could do a whole show just with apocryphal stories. (laughs) It's apocryphal. Well, I have a letter from Derek Ritter. Okay. Hi, guys. I can't tell you how much fun I have listening to the podcast. Makes the long drives to the ASL conventions go by quickly and enjoyably. Really like the interview with Steve. Although I would have liked to know whatever became of the campaign game system he was working on. On another note, at the 2014 Winter Offensive, I asked Perry when Hakapale mm-hmm. would be released, and he assured me, Acapella, that it would be this year. Also, at 2013 Oktoberfest, I asked Pekavich the reason. Oh, I asked Mark. Beep. The reason why he doesn't link your site. And he really says that. Wait. Okay, wait. I was going to paraphrase it, but I was thinking of the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can't possibly be legit. I started to believe the real reason for your, your exclusion. Oh, he says he has no room to add everyone who asked to be on his site. I think the real thing is it's more like a blog. And I, I was buying that that reason hmm. that it's he doesn't do blogs or people's 
yeah. web pages. He just does product. Product, yeah. And that makes some sense. So I don't know if he really told this listener, Derek, that he can't just do everyone that asks. Um, but he says, I started to believe the real reason is it's a smart marketing employee to keep you mentioning his site at least once per podcast. Ah, yes. Very <laughs> clever. The old reverse psychology. The moment he he links, posts the link, he's never mentioned again. So, hmm, yeah. maybe this is the last time we ever mention Mark Beep's yeah, website <laughs> on the air. Maybe. You know, that would do a disservice to our listeners, though, if we were not to Gosh darn it, talk it would. about it, you know? Yep. We're all about the listeners. You're right. We, we We don't care about ourselves. We are selfless and not not too proud to say it. All right, now I have an email here from, uh, well, actually, this was posted on uh, the website by Anonymous. Yes. Somebody wrote and said, I would like to know what you guys have heard about the release of Red October. What? Apparently nothing. I don't know anything about it. Oh. Um, Do you know anything about this? Is this the inter... Game that fits between Red Barricades and Valor of the Guards? I think so. Oh. I think so. Listeners? Really? Get on it. Help us out. Send yeah, what's Red October? I don't know. I don't know about Red October. Yeah, I think it is. I don't lurk enough on the like the Game Squad forums and stuff like that to know all of this stuff, so forgive me. And I have a letter from Gary saying, I just discovered your podcast two days ago. Wow. So... Cool. Was he, had he been in a coma? I mean, <laughs> how could that be? How? We can ask. Hey, Gary. Were you in a coma? From California. Yeah. Uh, let us know uh, how you just discovered it. Yeah. And he listened to 108. I'm not sure if this will help much, but it might give you guys a basic point of reference on some of the tougher ones anyway on speaking foreign languages. Ah. And it's called the www acapella. Acapella. <laughs> acapella? Really? Acapella. Oh. Group. Bilingual Americans. Um, hmm. And yeah, I haven't visited the site yet, but uh, apparently it'll say, probably say things out loud oh. in a foreign language for us. We could try that. Wow. Well, that's nice of him. Instead but of us know, butchering language, French languages. And I think we do really well with the languages, honestly. I do. I do. We're both thespians, though you're an actual thespian and I'm a... <laughs> I'm an ex. You're an actual ex-thespian and I'm an ex-actual thespian or... A would-be thespian. I, anyway, I think we do well. But I don't know. And you know what? If I was just starting listening to this show, I would not start with number 108. Big, oh, mis- big mistake. Correct. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'd start with 23. Wouldn't you? <laughs> 23. No. Start with one and work your way oh. up. Oh. They all build on each other. We've said this That's before. Okay. Uh, well, mm. the look, look. Le Croix de Guerre. I remember Croix de Guerre, I had yeah. a French guy say it, and we played it on the air. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. French guy came to my house years ago now. <laughs> and you let him go? We let him, we let him go. <laughs> nice. Nice of you. Uh, email here from Mark Bloom. Invitation to the ASL tournament, Alpen, uh, Alpenfestung 7 in Switzerland. Dear fellow ASL players, you are invited to join us. For another great weekend of ASL in the midst of the beautiful environment of the Swiss Alps, have a look at the tournament announcement at the Alpenfestung Wiki. Uh, we'll post a link to that. Yes, we will. And, of course, again, if you go, you need to let them know. You, they pick the dates. There's very few attendees, so you can pick the dates you want to meet, and oh, he and, picks oh. the date around that. Yeah. So you can get in there and, and, and list your dates. Yeah. That would be fun. That I mean, would how fun be... would that would be? Amazing. It really does. Look I mean, like ASL one. Open is a lot of fun here in the Chicago area, but ASL in the Alps would be better. Yeah, look at yeah. the pictures again, as yeah. we mentioned before. We announce that every year for yeah. them. And we'll announce your tournament every year also, folks. I think uh, if you think we give more airplay to certain groups, it's only because they send us a Gmail. Yes. And we star it, and we read it on the air. Yeah. So just send us your announcements, and we'll star them and read them on the air also. And, of course, people are probably getting their convention information right. from other sources anyway. Well, I have a sad letter from Anthony. Mm. 
Anthony says, I know I'm just one insignificant listener, but really there is no such thing as an insignificant listener, Jeff. No, there isn't. Because, you know, every day I was walking along the beach and I was picking up the listeners and they got washed ashore. <laughs> and I was throwing them back into the ocean. Yeah. And someone came and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, I'm trying to save all these insignificant listeners because, you know, they matter. And he said, well... Oh, you, you can't make a difference. Look at all these listeners washed up on the shore. He said, <laughs> I'm picturing this now. It's a beautiful <laughs> image. He said, you can't yeah. make a difference. There's too many. Too many. And I said, well, it made a difference to that one. Whoa. Yeah. I had him. Whoa. And then I was like, Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Woo, woo, woo. And then I noticed there were two sets of footprints in the sand. Do you get that one? I do. I actually do. <laughs> it's a different one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different one, but I get it. And then there was yeah. a guy with an airplane that was crashed on the beach. <laughs> oh, and, does this one have to do with Ginger and prince? Marianne? No. No. I was thinking more illusions, but I couldn't come up with oh. quotes from illusions. Remember, the like the the illusions. <laughs> I don't yeah, even speaking know of World War II, yeah. the Japanese attacked into Alaska. <laughs> wow! So I'm sorry, Anthony, but he says I'm I'm moving on from T2HS. Oh, he's moving on. Yeah, so he's not listening now, so we can oh. say whatever we want about him. <laughs> okay, yeah. Anthony is no. is no more. <clears throat> well, it's containing less and less ASL content. And more and more non-ASL. And that's a legitimate statement, isn't it? I guess, yeah. Thank you for I good memories, no hard feelings, and the show's no longer entertaining. Best wishes. So, and on one hand, you know, I want to say, yeah, thank you for sending that. Yeah. It'll keep us focused. Yes. However, when we went to the no blabber, <laughs> no banter. No, the no banter You know, show. people were like, eh. Yeah. You know, don't, don't do that. So it's, it's kind of, you can't please, really please everybody. No, I unfortunately. On the last true. show, I think you said skip right to 48 minutes in if you want to get this. There's a show guide. Yes. And I would encourage you to come back, Anthony, look at the show guide, yes. and jump right into, oh, a rules discussion. Oh, here's a, what's in the box. I wonder yep. what's in that game. Yeah. And jump right to those things, and you'll yeah. be right into ASL content all the way through. That's a very good point. Yeah. So if anybody knows Anthony, go and find him. He's probably at a bar somewhere. <laughs> You know, crying himself. In, well, he's probably missing in a, in us. A beer. Missing us, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, pressing Anthony, on. Do. He's on the twelve step you do. program. <laughs> no, but it's a legitimate. It's a legitimate question. And so again, I think we the do show. Have a lot of I think the stuff, show guide's yeah. a good solution yeah. to that, really, right? And it could be, you know, I, actually, as a lot of the listeners know, I don't go back and listen to the previous episodes very often. But you do, Dave. You I do to them. Did <laughs> we you. used to have more ASL content? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well no, I'm not sure we ever did. Hmm. I don't know if he's not counting box art review. I mean, we... Or, I mean, maybe that doesn't count, mm -hmm. and then maybe a lot of things don't count. But coming right before that were two episodes with Steve, Steve Deathless, Deathless and what else do you... 100% ASL. Yeah. For two shows back-to-back. -back. Yeah. So, you know, again, it can't well, be we everything. Have, we hope you'll be back. Yes, Anthony anyway, we do. Something. And just feel free yeah. to skip whatever you like, Anthony, because, you know... There won't be a test. Yeah. Yeah. We got a nice letter from Dennis Donovan, who is... Um, a pretty regular writer, contributor, contributor to the show. If you if writing is contributing, which I guess it is, and he writes and says, "Hi guys, glad to hear you are surviving the winter and staying warm. Yeah, hopefully not too much longer. Will we have to do that?" He says, "I'm enjoying episode 109 as I write this. I like the Walter Cronkite impression. That was pretty good. It was you, Jeff. Actually, I don't think it was. You know, I wasn't really doing my Walter Cronkite that That's good. Well, well, you can do it better. You mean? I can do." This is Walter Cronkite. <laughs> wow. Yes, I can, Dave. Um, there's an opportunity to do a Paul Harvey imitation. And that's the way it was. Yeah. Paul Harvey. Oh, oh Now <laughs> yeah. you're going to hear that's it. the rest, rest of, of the, the story. story. But my favorite was Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Good day. Good day. Hey, I, That's was, pretty good. I haven't done it in a long time, but I love Paul Harvey. Uh, and he goes on. Concerning the articles about the Japanese war veteran, mm -hmm. Mr. Uh, Hiru Onoda, 
I learned something recently that was not in any of the articles I've seen or read. There's a big Filipino community All in right. California, and one of my regular opponents who was a who has Filipino family members, let me know Mr. Onoda is a sore subject as he apparently killed 30 Filipino villages in those 30 years New Luzon after World War II. I'm sure you knew this too, but on the off chance you no. didn't, you now have the rest of the story. All right, and that is a good letter. And now that's yeah. not about ASL, I guess, but it's about World War II. World War II. And fascinating. Yes, he also writes to say, uh, I'm volunteering to be an accent consultant. Oh, um, we already have a computer program yeah. to do that, <laughs> yes, Dennis. We, we don't need that. <laughs> and to tie in with your rules topic in episode 109 regarding leader creation, heroes, wounds, at our club meet last week, I learned that there are indeed partisan hero counters. Yes, there are. Dave, of course, knows that. I always like to put of course when I'm talking about Dave because, <laughs> of course, it's Dave. Yeah, I keep them in there with the leader counters. He writes, in my 30 years of ASL, I had no ideas uh, such things existed. We played uh, Scobie Preserves, a DASL, Deluxe, design, deluxe ASL yep. scenario yep, set in uh, December 44 in Greece with Greek partisans. Oh, yeah. Who, through heat of battle, got a hero. Just another reminder, one of the reasons I love this game so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is right. Always, that is right. always finding new stuff. And... Yeah. Yeah, maybe because the leaders come in the Russian colors for the partisans, so maybe they all got thrown in together. Oh, yeah. In his kit. Yeah. Well, and, you know, how are you going to find them? They they do have different clothing on than the German. Oh, do they? I mean the Russian. They have partisan clothing on? Yeah, they do. With a little beret. Sweet. Jeff, did you know the the French are losing the market in berets? Really? To foreign competitors. Really? Yes. Another devastating, tragic result of like the global where? economy. Like who? Where? Who? I don't know where, but they were. I just read an article. They were making these steps to, you know, push the official French beret. I love a beret. I I, I yeah. like to wear a beret, and I think I look really good. Yeah. You know, well, you do. Even. I have good hair, and I look good in hats. I, there you, we go. Why are you mentioning the hair thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are you trying to say I'm I don't bald? know? No, not at all. No. Okay. Because you know I'm sensitive about no, it's, that. No, it's the only thing that I can claim fame to. You're not going to say you're thin, too, are you? No, I'm not. No. But my wife was in Europe uh, not too long ago, and she, well, who compared to the, the age of the universe, who cares? <laughs> who but she bought me a, a very nice beret from Spain. See? Yeah. It wasn't French. Yeah, you're right. Yep. But I'm glad you love a beret. I do, yeah. I love that look. Yeah. I love a parade. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Even if it's just you, which is a little odd. I have a letter from Pete Ortega. Good day, guys. Thrilled to find your site through a Facebook ASL group. Is this another new listener? It is, yeah. This is Eric Ortega, yeah. This is amazing. He gives us his background on gaming, starting with Tactics 2. Way long ago, he's in New York City, retiring soon from the NYPD as a second-grade detective. That would be fun to talk to you, yeah, Pete, about work, not about, about being ASL. a detective in the second grade. Would be awesome. <laughs> no, a second grade. No, no, a level. It's who like who stole a level. these chips? Somebody stole these chips. Who's been eating the crayons? Yes. <laughs> exactly. He says I played ASL for many years since the '90s, working my way up from squad leader. But I find the rules in Chapter C pertaining to OBA horrible to follow. Yeah. And I use the flow chart with the action pack one. And I would tell everyone, and now it's in the second edition rules, I think. It is, yeah. So, yeah, everyone, use the OBA flow chart. Yeah. And I, I mean, Don't even read them. That's all. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, sure. Read it once in a while. Read and, it once in a while. I but if, use that flow chart. Yeah. Just, and he says he doesn't fully understand the rules. Three or four pages, you know, I guess I'm dense. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not dense. No. Um, but it would help him if he were to go to a, I mean, I don't know if he goes on there and says, but. A tournament or something. Play with some people and, and learn. And see how they do it. Learn. Yeah, yeah. He, he does do say it. listen to number yeah. 37. That must have been the OBA episode, Jeff, and found it helpful. So we'll listen to some more later. And he says, you're right. ASL is the greatest game in the universe. 
and I think we're gonna we're gonna find that they've just started. Um, I've just started watching Cosmos. Cosmos last night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we're gonna find out in one of the later episodes that ASL is the greatest game in Cosmos. <laughs> It'll keep expanding this yeah. influence, Mister Mister Dyson. I can't remember his name, Mister Dyson. I'm actually not enjoying the show. <clears throat> I think well, the Carl Sagan version is much, much, much better. Really written. Yes. Okay, I, it, it didn't wow me, but it's just so full of of cool things, though. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's full of cool things. I think they spend too long on the Catholic Church burning the guy. At the I stake. agree. I agree. That's where I stopped. I thought we, we don't need to go into this this long. It's kind of silly. I, th- I wondered. Laura thought it was anti church propaganda. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought so too. You did. Yeah. Wow. But they had problems with those things. They did, but they didn't. But this show is not about that. It's about the cosmos. Yeah. So it, they spent way too much time. I mean, it was just a few minutes, but I thought, well, what was, are they doing? It was like a quarter, well, a fifth of the show. Yeah, it was, it was a good five long. minutes. Or but it's interesting more. to hear about the development of all those ideas, though, too. Yeah. So. And how they relate to ASL. <laughs> because everything oh, yeah. relates to ASL. <laughs> Martin Luther and ASL. <laughs> When he nailed his uh, errata on the onto the church the 94, door, the ninety four errata, errata from chapter oh, yeah. A, B, and C, that really hacked yeah. off Avalon Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Here's and a uh, have... email from Kenneth. Yes, take Kenneth, it away. not dearest, dearest Jeff and Dave, oh, as well sweet. as any guest hosts appearing in today's episode, of which there are none. I began listening to the two half squats about two years ago, around about episode seventy or eighty, and I have been enraptured ever since. Well, nice, sweet. As is the case of many of your listeners, I felt the pull to relive the history. I thought he said he'd relieve here. Relive the history of the two half squads and to begin in the series at the very beginning. I live about 45 minutes from work, so I'm blessed with the opportunity to enjoy your witty banter, wise advice, and historical ramblings each morning and evening as I drive to and fro. Far too kind. Yes. However, as I'm sure is the case with everyone who begins such a daunting undertaking... I quickly became impatient with the progress of nary an episode a day. In an effort to speed things up, I began to take my lunches at home to extend my drive time to four 45-minute trips a day (laughs) and soon began to knock two or sometimes even three episodes a day off. Still, the inefficiency began to gnaw at me, and my employer began to become concerned with my two to two-and-a-half-hour lunches. My cover story of the daily intense drug rehab sessions was sufficient to explain the time gap, but unfortunately opened the door for other questions. So I left my family and moved in with another woman who lived about an hour and a half away. Oh, this... This way I would more efficiently drive to and fro more than twice a day and still maintain my rapid progress through your archive episodes. Unfortunately, it has... Not taken long before the new woman began to ask questions about exactly who I am. Wow. More to come. Wow, that's, that's tragic a, that's enough. Devoted, that's a devoted fan. <laughs> I have a letter from Caslow, Calgary. Yes, it's the Canadian ASL Open. Yeah. Being held in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Sweet. May 16th to 18, 2014. That would be cool. He hopes we will post the attached PDF on the webpage. I'll have to leave that up to Jeff. I will do that. I did post it on the Facebook page already. Oh, you did already? Yeah. Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that, maybe that works. And, you know, if you can't get to Switzerland, Calgary would be a pretty good second, I think. Similar. Oh, you're right. You know, because similar, it uh, is. Uh, terrain. it says it's one hour from the Rockies, and yeah. he would be glad if we could attend, Jeff. That's wonderful. That would be great. Steve, thank you so much for that wonderful invitation, and yeah. and we'll be plugging in your tourney also. Yeah. And maybe we will get there. You know, uh, Let's. I think we should leave the possibility open in case somebody sends me that ten mil. <laughs> it's the first thing I do, Dave, is take you to Calgary. So we got a lot of letters. Let's let's keep going. We'll do them now and not the next show, maybe. All right. Since yeah. we're cutting two tonight, yeah. that'd be a good idea. I, I have so. uh, Jason Francis. Then, hey guys, love the show. Uh, he really likes the um, format or lack thereof. Well, that's so, yeah. Ca- organized. I'm chaos. a big fan of that. Rule sections awesome as well as the history lesson. So he likes the non ASL oh, good. stuff. If you can't Thanks, history. Jason. Yeah. And he started looking for some of the older shows and found Newbie Do podcasts. Haven't been so excited in a long time. And it's eight AM here in Nagoya, Japan, and I'm about to play through 
uh, with the audio. It's a great opportunity to jot down rules that I can't seem to remember. And well, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I followed AARs and playthrough examples, but it's not the same as listening to the audio clip. And maybe he would like a lot of the YouTube postings other guys do as well that are tutorials. Yes, somebody has okay. sent us some links uh, recently from a gentleman who has done uh, a walkthrough. Um, can't remember the scenario now. It's about an hour long, and uh, it's quite good. And he goes on to say he wants to uh, get it. He's got it set up in Vassal, and we'll be following along with our mm -hmm. newbie do. And we really should do some more of those. Yeah, we should. We've and been how long we've been saying that? Yeah, a long time. Two years. Two and, and he says, I have to hurry up and finish because my wife's going to have a baby any day now. Wow. Well, that'll certainly get in the way of your ASL <laughs> play. Holy cow. So thank you, Jason. Andrew Stewart wrote and said, Hi, Jeff and Dave. I just made a small donation uh, in thanks for your podcast. And we appreciate that. And in fact, we could break right now and say this this episode of letters is brought to you by smuckers if the name is smuckers it's got to be good also by generous donations from listeners like andrew like andrew and he goes on to say i just discovered your show near the end of january i've gone back to listen from the beginning i'm only up to number 31 so far but man it's frustrating hearing what's in the box segments from your five years five-year-ago episodes and not being able to order the gems you talk about. Yes. Case in point was LeFranc Terrier stuff on the Russian Revolution and, and the Chinese magazine. I would love that, but it's out of print. And searching high and low online and, you know, a lot of the eBay sellers don't ship international. Oh, true. So, and um, Andrew's from New Zealand. So, hey, listen to me, New Zealanders. If you're a New Zealander or you know a New Zealander who does not play ASL anymore, have him sell his stuff to Andrew at a fair price. There you go. Get it out there. Keep it in circulation. Get it out of your closet if you're not going to play. Yeah, you can always grab it again later somewhere. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know? So thanks very much for listening, Andrew, and your donation. That's great. Ka-ching! And I have a letter from Anonymous. I guess it's a posting. Oh, it was Jason. He put his name on it. Um... So it's a comment there you can read, but I just wanted to go ahead and take the time to say this. Uh, talks about want uh, more ASL starter kit stuff, mm -hmm. so maybe we should definitely go back and focus on the starter kit stuff. We haven't for a long time, yeah. And he says that being said, I really love to hear you guys talk. Imagine some people want more ASL board encounter specific discussions, but I realized something. I listen to a lot of technology related podcasts. However, when I wanted to learn about something specific, I turned to Google. When I want to relax, I listen to fun and interesting podcasts on technology. The point is I'm clumsily trying to make is that what I really enjoy about this podcast is that it's all about the people who share my love of ASL, ASLS starter kit. And that is one thing I can't easily get elsewhere. So if I have a rules question, there are forums. If I want to learn about vehicles, there are tutorials. And when I want to feel the shared love, there's the two half squads. Ah, that's nice. Now that really warmed my heart. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jason. That feels good inside. And I think he does make a point. It gets hard to compete with trying to teach as much yeah. in this format than others. But we will keep it coming in all, yeah. all, all manifestations. Yeah, and as we go on and we as we see people uh, posting stuff on YouTube, uh, video tutorials and stuff like that, it doesn't make us want to compete with that. Certainly there would be no, no point in that. Uh, we, we keep doing our show. I think we offer something a little different than, than those. Because we're more than just a tutorial. Yes. You know, yeah, so. guys talking ASL. Yeah. And other things. Yeah. And uh, we also want to thank uh, Dave D for his also kind support. Thank you, Dave D. And yeah, you know, uh, it's funny because we, we have not talked about the starter kits for a long time. And I used to all the time. And I, I guess it's because I've sort of have stopped playing starter kit stuff. But we definitely should get back to it. I know uh, MMP has their decision at ELST, which is a starter kit historical module. It's available for pre-order. Well, it's shipping now, so it's no longer available for pre-order, actually. Yes. So, uh, and are you getting that? I am getting it. Oh, you are? Okay. I'll have it later. Some guys got it already. So if you order from them, they ship it out to you first. From yeah, okay. So that looks like fun. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to that, and we'll... Um, and speaking of other tutorials online, there is a link sent to us by Chris Hoffland. Thank you, Chris. 
on vaseline with stew or was it stewart stew yeah stew or stewart right and um yeah i started to play that up and i got distracted and didn't finish watching it but there's where you can go for some vassal information too we'll put a link yeah. up on the show yes we will and now we have a post from uh, on the website on episode 110 which is our greatest hits part two anonymous left this message i was so looking forward to this one greatest hits part one was so good i have to say the sound effects were so distracting it was hard to listen I can imagine how much time it took you guys to edit the show, Hours. adding effects like that. And I got to say, it's not necessary. <laughs> All right. I went ahead, Jeff, and I posted an apology. You did a lot of work. I took the credit for the thing again. And actually, when I was about – now, it's not sound effects. It's not like the cartoon episode, the infamous cartoon episode. Yeah, the Looney Tunes. That I still stand by, quite frankly. I Thought yeah. it was brilliant. I still actually do. But this one was just supposed to be between clips. And on the yeah. previous episode, I think we used a beep or a tone. Yeah. You know, between clips. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, we'll do something a little different. We'll just put in these little animal. Animal. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. What are you animal laughing noises. about? No, it's, I, uh, that's what I would have done. All right. So I, <laughs> that's what I would have done. <laughs> well, <laughs> Okay. So maybe it was a mistake. And about two-thirds in, I'm thinking, uh-oh, this is going to get annoying again. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the clips are too short, so they're happening too quickly. Yeah. But I just finished it out. Yeah. I well, would say never again. Yeah. But I can't remember if I said never again the first time yeah. people called me on that kind of thing. You, you probably won't be getting a call from Skywalker Ranch asking you to... Come over there and, and do the edit audio. sound and movies anytime <laughs> soon for the new Star Wars. So, okay. I'm taking the heat. I'm admitting it. I'm stepping up, manning up, yeah. and saying, next time we'll just do those boring little, like, beep yeah. sounds. <laughs> yeah. Beep. Yeah. Well, you know, you put a lot of work into it, so and I, I appreciate that. You're just being nice now. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it for letters. And that's it for letters. Very good letters. Uh, thank you, everybody, for writing. We love it. Hey, you know what we haven't done in a while? What, Jeff? I think it's time for Quiz Show. Welcome back, everybody, and now it's time for another episode of Quiz Show. And here we go with Quiz Show. I hope you remember the rules. Who am I competing against? Well, yourself, which is going to be tough. Ooh. That's one of the toughest ones. All right. All right. You got your bell ready? Ready. It's good to do a quiz show once in a while. Very good. Keeps the mind sharp. Listeners at home, feel free to follow along and try and compete against me. Right. We are battling against uh, Alzheimer's with this quiz show. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for attending, and let's begin with quiz show. Dave, is a laser... (laughs) No, there are no lasers in ASL. Yeah, are there laser cats? Is a leader without a functioning support weapon considered armed for all purposes? Is a leader without Um. a functioning (laughs) support weapon... I heard you. I'm just thinking. Is a leader... (laughs) Armed? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have to have a one firepower. Sure, he's armed. Yes, you are correct. Yes, unless he is currently being held as a prisoner. Okay. And, of course... Of course. Those little counters don't have... They're just standing there on white backgrounds. Harmless. And I'm trying to think, let's see, if I, if, if I was actually holding a leader, a prisoner, would I allow him to carry a support <laughs> weapon? Luger with him. Hmm. 
I'm thinking no. All right, next. If a piece is set up in a half hex between two allowed boards, does it count against scenario specified setup limitations on both of those boards? Count against the setup specified? Yes. If uh, I'll read it again. Yes, one more time. And I'll, should I read it backwards? Yes, that would help. <laughs> if a piece... This, these, are, these are tough. Uh, if a piece is set up in a half hex between two allowed boards, does it count against scenario-specified setup limitations on both of those boards? Oh, dang. Now I get it. So, like, if it says yeah. only five counters can set up on board one and five have to be on board two, right? what do you do with the half hexes? Um, um, it, yes, Dave. No, it doesn't. You, I'm sorry, Dave. You are incorrect. Uh, what? It does? Yes, it does. It counts, it counts on against both boards. Both boards. That defies uh, physics. Well, it defies physics, but you know, it's usually <laughs> the way squad leader is. Fractions rounded rounded down. You know, it's always they always err on the side against you. That's the way okay. the game always. Okay. All right. Is. This is a good way to remember. So, it. thank yeah. you. Uh, next. If infantry enters terrain that requires all, I'm doing air quotes here, all, I should do it like this. Uh Uh-huh. All. I've lost my place. (laughs) All of its Uh, movement. If infantry, ah, yes, enters terrain that requires all of its movement factor allotment, may it then declare double time to gain extra movement factors? It's moving into a hex... It takes all of its move. May it then declare double time to gain extra movement. No. You are correct. Okay. Very good. Uh, Next. If a bypassing friendly AFV occupies a hex that contains an enemy unit at a higher level, do the firing restrictions of this rule apply to that enemy unit? That's the vehicle bypass free sleaze move, I think. Right. If he's at an upper level, does it count against, uh, can he still shoot outside of the hex? Yeah. Yes, he can. Yes, but only if the AFV is in, or is um, crew exposed or open top. What? (laughs) That makes it too complicated to remember. Only if he's open top. Oh, because then they can shoot straight up at him? No, wait. He can shoot out Let's of see. it. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's the wrong rule I'm thinking of. Did it reference a rule? Well, yeah. A7.212. Yeah. yeah. I just want to kind of make sure we got that reference correct. I think correct we ourselves. Yes. <clears throat> I'll uh, jump around here a little bit so we get get some different things. Uh if a pinned unit creates or becomes a hero, is that hero pinned? Uh, n- 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 no. Correct. Because you can't pin a hero, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, I'm doing better than I thought. Um, if a berserk unit is already in melee at the start of a friendly movement phase, must it at that time drop all Excess support weapons it possesses. Oh, because it has to drop them before it charges into uh, the enemy in the movement phase. Right. And he's already in melee, so the answer is probably going to be no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I'm not sure we can hear your buzzer. Oh. Okay. Uh, you're correct. No. Uh, does a human wave's morale increase? Does a human wave's morale increase affect units of that human wave for the entire turn? Does a human wave's morale increase affect units of that human wave for the entire turn? Entire turn. So that would include pass when they're done getting to their target at the end of the movement phase. They enter it. So they're entering it and forcing the triple point blank fire, um, you know, final protective fire. Right. Then they can be shot at later yep. in the final fire. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say... And even if they then are involved in melee or close combat? Yes. Yes. You are correct. Very good. If an infantry unit creates a partial trail break to attempt minefield clearance, may other units freely use that trail break? No. Yes, yes, Dave. No. How did you know that? I was guessing on that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it says here that the, the second half of the rule clearly states that the only units, uh, sorry, that only the units that place the trail break can receive its special benefits. Consider the trail break non-existent for all other units. In a minefield. Yeah. So they're the only ones that happen to know where they went through. They didn't mark it with signs, like clear. I guess they didn't mark it with signs. Maybe they just got lucky. Follow me this way? Yeah, I guess not. Huh, okay. Follow the breadcrumbs? All right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask Perry that one. Yes. We should do a Perry says when Perry, when we call Perry, which is going to be... Hopefully soon. Yeah, soon. Uh, If a crew is captured... An unarmed half-squad counter is substituted for it. However, doing so makes it impossible to tell whether the unit is worth one or two victory points. Okay. Should an unarmed half-squad counter's ID be noted on a side record if it represents a crew? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Yes, that would Probably make sense. Probably doesn't say that in the rules, but they must have found out that it's needed. Yeah. Yeah, because there's... I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Just because the counter switches doesn't mean that the victory points should should shift. Can high-explosive anti-tank potentially cause rubble regardless of its caliber size? Wow, this one's reaching. Reaching for your knowledge. High-explosive anti-tank? No. You are incorrect. Oh. The answer is yes. Even if fired... By a SCW. Shape charge weapon? Yep. That is the 70 millimeter restrictions of B24.11. Does not apply to heat. Does not apply to heat. I did not know that. Now you do. Boy, that one's... You know, some of these are ones that I would have to sit it and think about and then read the rules and then think about them some more and then read them. (laughs) Then I would have it and then I would forget it. Forget it. it. Immediately. Immediately forget it because that just doesn't happen very often. Uh, may a half-track or a carrier-mounted flamethrower uh, IFEFP be part of a fire group? Carrier-mounted flamethrower? Or IFEFP. Infantry firepower equivalency. Yes. IFE. Be part of a fire group. No. You are correct. Oh, yes. After vehicular-mounted non-ordnance weapons... Um, there, those are excluded. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do uh, you're doing very well? Do armed okay. but un, do armed but unarmored vehicles gain freedom of movement as if they were AFV? Now this one, I don't even know what armed the freedom of movement, but unarmored right vehicles so gain freedom of movement. So that's a jeep with a machine gun on it. Uh, vehicle yeah. with a weapon. Right. Freedom of movement, isn't that what we do at night games? Maybe. Oh, right. Yeah, night. Right. Because they have, they've got the, you put the those. no move counter on them? No move counter on them. And do right. they gain it how? Um, do they gain it? Now, I, I looked up. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Do they gain freedom of movement as if they were AFVs? Or are they handled differently? <sighs> As so, if they're so, AFVs? Uh, no. Oh, okay. They don't, so they're handled differently. Okay. So they get freedom of movement? I don't know how. Like infantry? I don't Maybe know. they have headlights. No, I don't <laughs> no, know. That wouldn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just I don't pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> how are you on uh, Chapter G? Do you want to do any Chapter G? Japanese? Is G Japanese? Uh-huh. Okay. Pacific? Well, okay. Pacific. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can handle this. Can a hidden tank hunter hero cause searching, mopping up 
casualties. Oh, shoot. I can't handle this. Uh, no. <laughs> Very good. Oh, am I right? I like, and you answered that I with, suddenly remembered. You know, I suddenly confidence. remembered. I'm sure that happened to me. I'm like, oh, it, okay, I'm now sure I'm going to get you. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Does a napalm blaze force units to exit the hex location? Hex, that is hex slash location, as per B25.4. A napalm blaze. No. You are almost correct. Sometimes. Uh, you are getting closer. Maybe. A little closer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, because it must be a regular blaze. I thought yeah. maybe it like hit and it burned out or something, napalm. But maybe it actually is a blaze. If it's a blaze, it's then a blaze. it's a blaze. And then all the blazes, was, I would assume, would, would go with it. Yeah. But I didn't know it that. It goes to blazes. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Can you handle another one? Uh, yeah. We'll do one and more. then should we go to my special we'll, segment yes. and wrap yep. it up? Yep. Okay. All right. All right. If an infantry unit... Oh, sorry. Wait a minute. Uh, I think I did that one already. Okay. May an IFE-capable gun that has exhausted its multiple rate of fire... Use IFE again as intensive fire. Oh, shoot. This one I should know. IFE exhausted its rate. Can it intensify? fire? I'm saying no. Very good. Oh, oh I'm glad you're ending on a, <laughs> on a good note no. there. No. Yes, it could only use sustained fire, fire as a machine gun. And yes. only if yes. also using subsequent Ooh. fire or final protective fire or final fire, since the use of sustained fire is permitted only to a defender machine gun, IFE gun, and only during the movement phase defense. Okay. Boy, phase. I swear I did much better than the first time that I read very through those. That was very good. Those, now we got those, those dates from 92. Yeah, those are uh, that's from the debriefing section from uh, ASL Annual 92. Which and, we'll review on our next show. Yeah. And uh, I like that. We should do that those more often. Those I, are actually very informative. I like it. They're very informative, yeah. and it takes zero planning. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no research. And, and we like that. So. Yeah, very good. Very now, cool. I, I don't know. You could ask me all those questions, and it would we might have a very different outcome. All right, well, Jeff, I did, after a PASL meeting, Palatine Area Advanced Squad Leaders, of which we've been meeting much less, but we did get in a meeting a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and we stayed and talked about the scenario, oh. Backs to the Wall. Oh, I've and played that. everyone left, and I realized this is coming up in the open. I just yeah. talked to three guys about the scenario. Why not record it right now while I'm remembering everything that we talked about Yeah, and make a scenario analysis of... Backs to the wall. Excellent. And put it up before the open. Excellent. So why don't we tack that on? I think it's 10 to 15 minutes or so. We'll okay. see. And, and then we'll come back and say goodbye. All right. Great. Hey, everybody. Dave here. wanted to talk a little bit about a scenario that I just played with Mike Stubitz. Backs to the wall from the design pack number nine. It's uh, ESG 109. Scenario ESG 109. On Roar, it has three German wins and one British one. It's in the packet of games for the ASL Open. And so Mike came over tonight. We had a passel meeting tonight after a long break. And and I'll say it was really great just to have the six of us guys come over, random guys from the list of uh, 18 players who, who made it tonight. And really great to see them again after a long break. And so in this scenario the Germans are attacking and have to take the two bridge hexes and building M5 on board 23 and the Germans enter on the bottom half of board 51 and uh, the British set up and I don't have the scenario with me Mike had left but we thought I, we did talk a lot about the strategy in it and so I thought I'd just talk about a few things here that I can remember uh, that we talked about. <laughs> um, one is Mike set up a few squads up in the front in hexes like, oh, uh, where was he? Um, T3, R4, 
places like that. And, and as a German, I set up in T7 and S7 with some big fire groups to knock those out. He also had a guy in AA2, no, I'm sorry, Z1. This is all on board of 51, his up forward forces. But we found that that uh, didn't work too well. Uh, Eric Ortega had showed up and after we had set up and started and, and said that he had played another player at the game and uh, the forward defense could get easily chopped up. And that is what happened in our game. I managed to get in against Mike's pieces that were spread out across the front and able to surround several of them and get them to be eliminated for failure to route. So you always want to watch for that, of course, right? With a good, aggressive German moves, the prep fires broke them, and then you had enough infantry to run around in there and get them surrounded in different places. And then he started to pull back. So uh, if you fall back to this woods over here on board 23 across the road, then you got a problem because the Germans have all moved into the, the uh, stone buildings across the street and have an advantage definitely in um, terrain effect modifier. And so uh, then we started talking. Um, and actually then if the, if the British fall back into this woods around N2 and O2, that woods N1 area, I'm thinking the German can easily try and surround those also, especially if he's moving quickly. And to get into all these buildings, like it, the stone buildings across the street, hex U2, V2, and so on, R2, and two turns, then on turn three he can start springing around his vehicles around that woods in N2 we just talked about on board 23, and cut off all the routing, and if you can just forward assault and break the British... Um, yeah, you're going to get even more bag, even more Brit counters that can't route and come back. And so uh, we had a big discussion. You know, maybe everything has to go forward for the British into building U2, this huge building. Um, and it's adjacent buildings in R2 and R4 and the lumberyard in W3 or, or head back. You know, play it safe. Cover the bridges back here on board 23, hexes uh, P7, the bridges are in, H4, and uh, maybe the hedge line in front of it and the wooden buildings ac across the river there. And we never played that through, so I guess it has its own vulnerabilities, but you got a hedge on the left. Well, I'm looking from the British position currently, although I played the German tonight. Um, in F2, there's that hedge all around that big old building in E4 and F3. You, know, you guys know that. It's a big, giant, like, church thing. It's really cool on board 23. And uh, that blocks line of sight really effectively from across the canal. And the canal cannot be crossed. So, so for the British, um, we were thinking about, at the end of the game, Mike went ahead and conceded, as it looked like I was going to you know, kind of roll over it, but I'm not sure I would have. I, I probably would have, but the British get these reinforcements and then their tanks on. Their armor is superior in gun to the German armor. However, the British armor, they're these little AG vehicle thingies, which I haven't really looked at until right now because um, I hadn't had to fight them because it got late and might conceded, but uh, 40L gun... Rate of two, and some machine, nice machine guns. Four times two on the bow, and a six on the coax. That's really nice machine guns, I guess. But their armor is only one, so I guess they are vulnerable to the German tanks. We were thinking, how do you use these things? And Mike said his opponent had, um, and actually then Mike Stubitz and I had started thinking about H4, going right in the bridges. What if you put the roadblocks in front of the bridges? And and tucked them on the bridges. Then you could get some nice shots there from everything. And from heck, uh, the bridge on H4, that British tank can hit all the wooden buildings around it. And, um, of course, adjacent firepower would be incredible. And similarly on the other bridge. Uh, but someone said maybe put the vehicle back on E6 so it can't be shot at. 
or F5 on the road while back from the bridge, and you don't put the roadblock in there along the I4, H4 hex spine because that would block line of sight across the bridge. And then you got this nice, you know, shot from the tank. Anyone going to come and take that bridge has to hit I4 and then H4. That's always real tough to get in there. Of course, some lucky rolls. The guy gets in, he gets the bridge. But that can happen anywhere on the board. Um, so that was our thinking. Maybe the other British tank go P9 back from that bridge. Uh, those are some thoughts. Now, as far as the Germans go, uh, someone mentioned the Z8 steeple. Which, if you really look at it, has some really nice lines of sight. Of course, all you can put up there is the heavy, German heavy, with a 992 liter and a half squad. But they do start to pick up this whole road area uh, from I-4 on board 23, you know, straight back to board 51, hex Y-4. Well, maybe not that because of the buildings, but you get my drift down this road, and then there's this open ground woods area. Again, I'm sitting on the British side on board 23. On the right-hand side, my right flank, there's this woods, open ground. You can hit a lot of that area, and most likely back into P8, P9, the approaches to the bridges. So the German, with a 7 firepower machine gun, can hit some 6 firepower neg to neg three and four if the guy's moving, moving in the open uh, shots, maybe with a good rate. That's nice. Now, I put mine up, up closer, and then the benefit of putting it up closer, like I think I was in T7 to start the game, and I could hit, oh, yeah, he had a guy in hex V4 also on board 51. Uh, yeah, so I could try and bust that up and then turn the fire over to the guy in R4, that hex and hex S4 and so on to, in your prep fire phases to open up the original or initial German assaults across those roads. And uh, then you get to move the gun up quick, you know, a uh, squad and a leader can carry it at four portage points without penalty. And then you move it on into, you know, the buildings are. Th- two and U2 and so on and get other great lines of sights into these woods. And that worked pretty effectively for me also. Um, Just some different options to think about. None of us really thought the Germans should move on their right on board 51 around, you know, assault into DD1, DD3, those buildings at all. And neither side should forget about smoke. Certainly the German has these SD7 smoke dischargers. They place uh, white dispersed smoke in their own hex, you know, when the vehicles move. And I was so proud of myself because I remembered to to move a tank in there and put some smoke down and then run the infantry across the road behind the smoke to where I wanted them to be. As a German attacker, I like Y5. You can lay some nice fire lane or... Well, I didn't even bring a machine gun into Wi-Fi, which I should have, but um, firepower to prevent any British that are on the British left, uh, you know, left of the Y road and I road, I on board 23, Y road on board 51. Any British over there on the left around hex, you know, Z1, H1, have to cross back over when they realize they have to defend building M5 and the two bridges and aren't going to be much help on the left side. So cut off their movement back over. It worked out well. And uh, smoke. Yeah, again, lay smoke for the German assault. Um, another thought I just had was, you know, what about trying to defend these whole bridges? Because I had played, obviously, other games defending these bridges in the early, early scenarios uh, from... Uh, even further back defense behind that hedge. Because if you, if you defend the hedge on board 23, now you've got the German with some open ground. He's got a cover cross to get to you. And you have plus one hedge. He's got plus one woods. And I take away a lot of that uh, stone building versus woods uh, TEM problem we talked about earlier. But... Um, 
and you have places to route nicely for the British back into these buildings and then up to the woods hedges. However, you know, and yeah, and, and what's nice, if you, the German can't really get into B, I'm sorry, G3 to lay any kind of cutoff fire lanes behind you because of the hedge on the left side we mentioned earlier. But what about defending back across the canal? Uh, it means you give up the building M5, N5. Maybe that's a dumb idea. But you're still protecting the bridge crossings. And so, you know, some units in on board 23 on M8. And 9, 0, 10 make a nice little, uh, nice shots onto the bridge itself, especially M8 to with line of sight to 07 and P6. Remember, row Q is not in play in this game, and that can throw you off, too, if you're trying to go around that side. But uh, nice, you know, you may be able to pull that off there in firepower. Uh, even D6 with some kind of fire group shooting under the bridge hex H4, you know, all things to think about. So after the game, I thought we had some experienced players uh, and some new players all looking at it, talking about it. And those were some of the things we talked about. Hope that's helpful to you. And good luck if you ever play Backs to the Wall. And it does look like the British have their backs to the canal. Thank you, Dave, for that in-depth, exhaustive, and informative analysis. You've made me proud. All right, everybody. Well, I guess that actually that was very informative, Dave. Thank well, you. Thank well, you. thank you. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> and really, really was the second time through. Much better. Well, I thank everyone for listening then. Yes, we love you all and we love ASL. And listen, get out there and promote Advanced Squad Leader. Bring it to your boss. Bring it to your employees. Take it to church with you. And until next time, remember to roll low and rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. did very well on those uh, those rules. Well, those I'm glancing through that debriefing and noticing you didn't read some of the really hard ones. No. I was easy on you. How is ordnance fire conducted versus a glanded glider? I don't know. You can't fire ordnance against a glider. Oh, sure you can. Yeah, you're going to miss every time. You're going to miss. You're going to miss. The shell would just go right through it. Probably, yeah. Well, they just open the door. They open the front door and the back door and it goes right through. <laughs> what a great defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.